Perfect. Thank you. Um, I will call to order um, the September 18th, uh, 2023 meeting of the City of Kirkland Design Review Board, and we'll begin with roll call. Randall Brand. Present. Carlos Castaneda. Present. Shoshana Cohen. Fatima Kohan. Present. Supriya Kelkar. Present. Tyler Smith. And Amy Tarse. Thanks. All right. Thank you very much. Um, I believe that um, we have a reading and or approval on the August 21st, 2023 minutes. Uh, does anyone does anyone have any additions or changes to the minutes? I think that um, they look correct to me. The only thing that I wanted to bring up is that I believe that we had Shoshana co-handle the last meeting, but we, uh, I think she disconnected. I can't remember by the end of the meeting. So just wanted to note that. Yeah, we can we can double check that, Carlos. Because I don't, I actually okay, don't think uh, she will. Well, no, you're right. I think she just came in late. Yeah, she came yeah. in late, and yeah. uh, I believe that at the end, uh, we probably she had uh, some issues with her connection. Right, but then she came back on. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, with that being said, uh, can can those be approved, John? We with that minor change, or do we need to wait for the city to send us a new draft? We can approve those with the edits that you mentioned. And then uh, once we have those corrected, we can send it back to the next meeting for a signature. Okay, perfect. Uh, well, um, I guess that um, someone needs to make a motion to approve them with corrections, right? I make a motion that we approve them with corrections, so noted. Okay, uh, anyone would like to second? I can second that. Okay, move and second. Those in favor, say aye. 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 Those opposed? Okay, meetings are approved. Thank you very much, Randall. <laughs> All right, uh, on tonight's agenda, um, and let me just pull it up here. Uh, we have um, a design response conference. Um, for the Park Shore Juanita Bay project. Um, this is, a, as I mentioned, a design uh, response conference. Um, the file number is DRB 23-00137. And uh, I believe that's all that we have on the agenda for tonight. Um, before we uh, dive into this project, uh, now uh, it's a time for any members of the public or audience who wish to speak on any items that are not related to tonight's agenda. Um, John or City, do we have anyone in the list? Yeah, it looks like there's uh, four attendees. Um, so if anyone in the attendees, as Carlos mentioned, uh, would like to speak at this point on any item that's not on the agenda, feel free to raise your hand. Otherwise, there will be opportunity um, as part of the public comment for this project for, uh, later on tonight. Yeah, it doesn't look like the, um, there are any at this point, Carlos. 
Perfect. Thank you very much, John. Yep. Uh, okay, just so let's just dive uh, right into uh, this project. I'll turn it to staff to begin their presentation. Perfect. Thanks, Carlos. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, you know I like to triple check. Do you see one slide or multiple slides? <laughs> we see one slide. Perfect. Okay. Um, let's get ready and jump in. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Jen Ander. I'm an associate planner for Kirkland. Um, as Carlos mentioned, we're here for the, it's the second design response conference for Park Shore at Juanita Bay. Uh, the subject property is comprised of two parcels. They're located at 11835 97th Avenue Northeast. It's just west of Juanita Village and north of Juanita Beach Park. And the site currently contains a one-story assisted living facility. Um, it's known as the Gardens at Juanita Bay. In terms of zoning, the subject property itself is JBD6, which has a maximum height of 26 feet above average building elevation. And then to the west um, and north, there's some residential properties. Uh, directly west is RM2.4 with a maximum height of 30 feet and RM3.6 to the north with a maximum height of 35 feet. There's also a bit of JBD6 along the north, which is the same as our subject property. So it's that same 26 foot height. Uh, requirement. And JBD1 is to the east, which is Juanita Village, which has a range of maximum heights between 30 and 75 feet. And then the park space to the south, uh, heights are de determined on a case-by-case -case basis. So some of the goals for tonight's meeting include discussing the topics identified by staff or any of the other board members. Um, the board will deliberate on the applicant's proposal and then provide feedback to the applicant. Just a quick little reminder of where we're at in the process. We're working through the design review. So this is that second design response conference. The conceptual design conference was held back on January 9th, 2023. And the first design response conference was held on July 24th. Um, we're working through the environmental review. The applicant has submitted all their SEPA documents. And then after the board approves, or after they receive DRB approval, um, the applicant will move forward with grading and building permits. So the project um, consists of a three-story independent senior living facility with about 54 residential units, parkings proposed within the structure itself and also some limited surface parking and uh, vehicular access is proposed off of 97th Avenue Northeast. There are quite a few zoning regulations, uh, but many of these aren't under the review authority for the board um, and they'll get reviewed as for compliance as part of the building permit but after the last CDC meeting, there is one that requires board approval and that's the height. So this particular zone, it allows the applicant to request that additional 13 feet in height, which can be approved by the board um, if design techniques are used to minimize the perceived building mass and to achieve superior and architectural human scale. As a reminder, these superior techniques, they include things that aren't already required. So we're thinking special details or materials or landscaping um, or design, anything that helps mitigate that increased massing. 
the applicant is looking to in incorporate this additional height into the project, and they'll elaborate more um, on the revision of the design during their presentation. But to give you kind of a visual of what this height looks like, and this isn't specifically measured out, but just a graphic meant to give you kind of an idea of what this would look like. The green is what would automatically be allowed per code, so it's that 26 foot height. The yellow would show what would be allowed if the board approves that additional 13 feet. And then the blue on top, those two little portions, um, those are automatically allowed. It's 15 feet on top of your maximum height for things like elevator and stair enclosures and common rooms. So this kind of maps it out visually a little bit. And tonight the board should discuss if the applicant's revised design satisfies the requirements for the additional 13 feet. All right, let's move on to the design guidelines. We can start with scale. At the last DRC meeting, the board had asked the applicant to incorporate techniques that allow the design to be compliant with the surrounding developments, uh, and specifically talking about uh, Juanita Village, but also some of the other properties, mitigating that uh, additional height and then also breaking up the overall building mass. So some of the questions the board should provide feedback on tonight would be, is the design effectively creating that human scale? Is it complementary to the surrounding developments? Um, is the additional height being mitigated by superior architectural and human scale? Have the modulation techniques effectively broken up any, um, the building mass? And have concerns around the building mass been adequately addressed? As for pedestrian spaces, the board was looking for more pedestrian engagement along 97th Avenue Northeast, lighting fixture details, and making sure the rooftop amenity space was designed in a way that it was also minimizing massing and, and more incorporated into the design itself. So some questions for the board would be if the concerns around the street activation and pedestrian engagement have been adequately addressed, and does that lighting plan provide for a well-lit entry and well-lit pedestrian spaces? as well as have the rooftop amenities and appurtenances been designed in a way to minimize the massing. All right, for landscaping, um, the board was asking for a detailed landscaping plan. There was a bit of specific interest for species along that north side of the building um, near the walking path. The fence details along the south property line, which is adjacent to the park. And then also there's some proposed privacy fencing along 97th Avenue, as well as details um, for the screening of the generator. So the applicant um, provided an updated landscaping plan to the board for them to be able to provide input on if there's any other changes they'd like to see to the plan. Okay, and finally, we have the building materials. Um, the applicant provided an updated information about materials, colors, and details proposed for the project in their plan set, including a revised palette and an alternative palette option, which the applicant can elaborate on during their presentation. They also provided an updated material board that was placed in the foyer at City Hall for the board to review. So tonight, the board should provide feedback to the applicant regarding uh, the proposed colors and materials. We didn't receive any additional public comments since the last meeting, um, nor prior to this one. So as far as DRB action tonight, the board should deliberate on the applicant's proposal and then either approve the project, approve it with conditions or return for another design response conference. And if the DRB determines that another DRC meeting is needed, 
please outline what additional information would be needed to decide on the project. And that was my presentation. I can take any immediate questions from the board. Um, if there's none, then we can move on to the applicant presentation. Thank you very much. Um, board members, uh, do you have any questions uh, for the staff? Okay, um, I think that uh, I have one quick question for, for you. Um, so I was looking in the uh, report that we got. Uh, I think it's a section that uh, talks about, uh, I think section eight, uh, that is called attachments. And it mentions that the applicant on the 97th uh, Avenue Northeast, the applicant should install an eight foot wide sidewalk behind the curb with a four by six three wells for a street trees, 30 feet on center. Um, just wondering if that's part of this presentation that was included. Seems that it's a comment from Public Works. Um, the, the previous paragraph says, the Public Works Department has reviewed the proposal and identified the following requirements. That's one of them. So I'm just wanted to confirm if that is part of tonight's uh, meeting. That is an excellent question, Carlos. Um, I don't. I obviously don't have it in my presentation. Um, I think the applicants we had touched base on the meeting earlier, and they they do have some graphics and are talking a bit about that right of way section. Um, and I was just seeing if I could pull up the attachments as well that you're seeing. Same. So they it, that may be incorporated with part of the applicant. Otherwise, we can we can take a look at that as well. And maybe if that's some revision work that needs to be done, we can kind of work through that. Okay. I, I think we can see if the applicant has incorporated that. But thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, board members, do you do you do you all have any questions? Additional questions? If not, I guess that we can proceed. So uh, I'll turn it over to the applicant to begin their presentation. Hi. Great. Good evening. My name is David Knight. I'm a senior vice president with Transforming Age. I listened in on the prior meeting and someone mentioned the German retirement home. And it made me think it might be helpful to provide a little color into Transforming Age and the German retirement home. Transforming Age is a local nonprofit provider of senior and affordable housing. We are governed by an unpaid volunteer board. There's no private equity, ownership, or financial gain. All money is resident money and stays within the nonprofit to fulfill our mission. The prior buildings of the German retirement home had outlived their useful life. The board reached out to Transforming Age and in an effort to extend their mission, decided to affiliate. The German retirement home nonprofit remains intact. We are the German retirement home. We are very excited about this project and we look forward to serving seniors in Kirkland into the future. Thank you. Jim? Thank you, David. Um, good evening. My name is Jim Bedoya. I'm a principal with Perkins Eastman and I'm here tonight with the design team as well as our landscape architect that will be able to answer any questions that might come out of this presentation. Uh, I'd like to begin <coughs> um, Bethany, can we get the 
screen up. Thank you. Um, I'd like to begin by just uh, explaining how we've organized the presentation tonight. We've taken all the comments that came out of the design review board at our last uh, presentation and put them into nine uh, categories, uh, starting with site context, where the board had asked for us to respond to the organic community neighborhood and take uh, that into consideration when we're looking at the project. Also to <clears throat> the board had asked for us to differentiate the facades between the south and the east side of the building. And in the second topic under materials, the board had asked us to incorporate more warmth, color, texture, and diversity into the building materials with additional focus on how the materials were read from a distance. We were also asked to look at uh, year-round weather protection, uh, provide more detail on the hardscapes, <clears throat> and preside, uh, present the uh, percentages of each material used. Um, also, we submitted two new uh, updated material boards uh, that show the current color scheme for both options. And under the third topic, when we're looking at the height and superior architectural scale, the board asked us to explore various uh, techniques to reduce the apparent scale of the building that would be uh, generated by the additional height that we're asking for. <clears throat> we also included updated details uh, that were asked for as well. Under the landscape and screening, the board had asked for a more detailed landscape plan, also to identify uh, the various uh, uh, plant palette that's being used around the building <clears throat> and also include details of the fencing um, around the perimeter of the building as well as between the park and the project. Uh, the fifth topic is the rooftop amenities. Um, we were asked to explore uh, to better incorporate the rooftop amenities, the elevator, stairs, and common room into the building design. And also provide a photo simulation of um, looking at the building uh, from the park and the surrounding neighborhood. Uh, the sixth topic was lighting. The board had asked for more detail on the actual light fixtures being proposed and, and where they're located. Uh, number seven, there was a question by the board about lot coverage, comparing the existing lot coverage and impervious area to what's being proposed. And number eight, street activation. The board had asked for us to uh, incorporate more street activation elements, especially along 97th. And finally, there was a question by one of the board members uh, concerning <clears throat> the relationship of the first floor of the building to the street along 97th. So with that, I think it's worth just backing up momentarily and just uh, looking at how we got to where we are tonight. Uh, in the first uh, CDC presentation we made, uh, the board preferred the massing of option three and selected it to advance from the conceptual design conference with support for the 13th foot height exception. In the design, units were expressed through the use of setbacks at balcony areas and with projected bays in the secondary material facing the park. <laughs> Excuse me. This creates a vertically oriented series of masses that reduce the perceived length of the building. In the previous uh, DRC meeting that we had, 
that option was advanced. Uh, the massing was was looked at uh, by looking at uh, material selection, articulation, and architectural detail refinement. The unit stack as a primary massing volume is emphasized via these uh, advancements. And in tonight's presentation, <clears throat> we took uh, where we left off at the last presentation with the preferred massing and incorporated more scale elements to further break down the unit stack expression while warmer colors and additional textural materials are incorporated to provide superior architectural and human scale. So getting into the first topic in terms of site context, uh, we were asked to refine and respond to the organic community neighborhood feel by taking into consideration Juanita Village, the park, Juanita Beach, and the surrounding uh, creek and wetlands. In our response, the new development of Park Shore Juanita Bay becomes a tr transitional building in height and density in response to the organic and changing existing neighborhood. To the west and north are medium density two and three story buildings with large setbacks. To the northeast and east are three story buildings without setbacks from the sidewalk. And to the east are dense and tall six plus story buildings with little or no setbacks from the sidewalk. The park to the south provides open space and access to the water. <clears throat> the proposed three-story independent senior living facility with a stream buffer and wetland restoration is a blending of the surrounding neighbor, uh, neighboring developments while providing a medium dense, low rise, high quality design. In addition, the right-of-way improvements along the property frontages will improve and provide a safer path of travel and street activation for pedestrians in the neighborhood. <clears throat> in that same topic, we were asked to look at differentiating the building elevations along 97th versus what uh, is on the south facing the park and to the north facing uh, the critical area buffer. In our response, the south building facade at the park incorporates three large brick bays to modulate the building length with the intermediate two-story bays clad in wood and the three-story elements in cementitious siding. On the east facade facing 97th, the material palette is reversed to have the taller elements clad in wood and the smaller two-story bays in cementitious siding. <clears throat> Additionally, the recesses on 97th are the accent color siding to provide another layer of differentiation. This strategy provides differentiation from south to east facade while keeping a unified material palette for the entire building. In addition, at the 97th Avenue facade, the bay modulation width is narrower to be in keeping with the smaller scale townhomes across the street on 97th. <laughs> the application of materials on the east facade provide a strong emphasis at the entry corner with organic and textural siding materials at the building and the site entry. The second topic was concerning building materials. The board asked us to incorporate more warmth, color, texture, and diversity of building materials with additional focus on how those materials will read from a distance. 
in our response, you can see that we've added, we've revised the material palette and building articulation now includes wood siding and an accent color in textural uh, board and batten siding. The brick tone has been revised to be darker than the original shown to provide warmth and contrast and interest to the overall building materials. <clears throat> the updated bay language and material locations will provide more variety to the facade along the length of the building and be more visibly different from each other at a distance to achieve superior architectural and human scale. As you can see in this sketch, <laughs> the perspective illustrates the warmth of the wood and the brick siding, the color and texture of the added accent material and the diversity of revised material palette from a distance and in context with the surrounding. Um, also shown is the transitional density and height of the proposed building relative to the surrounding context. I think this is a good way of understanding how this building will relate to the park and fit into the existing neighborhood. In the same category, we pr provided two new uh, material palette boards. As I mentioned previously, the brick color that we chose is uh, a sienna iron spot. So it's a much darker, but with variation uh, brick for the, the masses that it uh, help break up that uh, south facade. We're still having the same <clears throat> black uh, window sash. The hardscape will be described a little later in the landscape discussion, but we've introduced the a, a medium value wood siding with a light gray for the cementitious siding and a warm <clears throat> dark gray for the horizontal siding. And then finally the accent color will be a deep forest green. The second palette <clears throat> uses the same masonry and the same window uh, sash color, but going to a much lighter uh, expression on the wood, almost a driftwood type of uh, uh, color with a medium gray for the cementitious siding, the similar uh, dark warm gray for the horizontal lap siding and a a blue, uh, blue gray for the accent piece. We like to refer to this as the forest scheme and the beach scene. <laughs> um, as you can see on the top is the lighter version, uh, utilizing the, the lighter wood and uh, medium uh, gray for the cementitious siding. The lower uh, palette is uh, a richer and a slightly darker uh, combination of colors and materials. <clears throat> and we feel that, you know, this does a better job of relating to the open space of the critical area and relates better in terms of really diminishing the impact of the massing by uh, using the warmer, darker colors to help the upper levels especially recede. So in the third topic, uh, we want to talk about height and uh, superior architectural scale. It's worth uh, reading the actual code language and uh, before we describe what we've uh, 
employ to help this uh, better perform. Uh, the code says the maximum height of structures on the subject property may be increased by up to 13 feet if the impacts of the additional height are mitigated by design techniques that minimize the perceived building mass and achieve superior architectural and human scale. <clears throat> In response to the code standard and the board's feedback, the project achieves this superior architectural and human scale by employing several layers of design techniques that mitigate and minimize the perceived mass of the additional height. The first layer is the significant setbacks that we have on all property lines. The second layer is the vertical building modulation that breaks the facade into different tower elements that are reinforced by material expression that is different on the park and 97th facades. The third layer reduces the perceived height of the building by lowering portions of the roof edge, extending the sunshades horizontally. And then the final layer is the additional horizontal modulation in the form of two-story bay expressions that is enhanced by thoughtful facade detailing. So as we take a closer look at what that actually is, um, we've zeroed in on a portion of the south facade. This is a, a language that repeats itself between the larger uh, brick towers, just to uh, explain this. But um, there are a number of things that we've done here that, that really uh, help uh, create animation in this facade, create a rhythm that's recognizable, and also help promote the uh, diminishing uh, of height. And so the deeper parapet coping uh, increases the horizontal architectural emphasis at the top of the mass. The sunshades provide human scale points of interest in horizontal articulation. The balconies provide human scale elements at the middle of the mass and additional building articulation. The horizontal panel joints and vents break up the vertical panel expression and provide architectural scale. The varying windowsill heights add visual interest. The wood cladding provides organic texture, color, and human scale to the facades. And the contrasting color window headers provide horizontal architectural scale as well. The top level expression is set back from the two-story expression, reducing its perceived height and scale. And that's also uh, increased in uh, appearance by the use of the darker, more textured material in that location. <clears throat> the same principles were applied to the 97th facade elevation. The only difference being uh, the reversal of where the textural materials are used. And we felt that this more weighted expression along 97th really helped the scale and would be a nice uh, complement to what was going on across the street. The board had also asked for more detail to understand just the amount of reveal and depth that we have in these various elements. So looking at these two-story bays in terms of how they relate to the third floor and to the roof, you can see the, the depth of the, the bay and the depth of the sunscreens that uh, transition between the two uh, more dominant elements. Also, the varied um, height of the parapets as you go along that elevation, as well as a raised planter that occurs at the street level uh, that helps to uh, provide some screening to the uh, 
amenity spaces that are at the ground floor. The next slide <laughs> looks at the balconies um, and their relationship to the recess. So we have the darker, more textured material at the back of the recess, which again, helps push that plane back visually. We also uh, added a screen uh, sunshade is included here as provided more light to the interior of the units throughout the year. The solid sunshade was studied by the design team, but determined that it would block too much natural light to the unit. To address the board's comment regarding year-round weather protection of outdoor spaces, a larger canopy and overhang have been added to the rooftop amenity space. Also, you can see in the upper corner, <clears throat> the attention to detail that we discussed at the last hearing where we're doing things like uh, having the glass railing go down past the structure of the deck just to provide more interest in a higher level of uh, sophistication to those details. We also looked um, at the brick elements that we have along that south facade and uh, went to even more uh, effort to uh, strengthen the base middle top aspect of these elements in the building by uh, starting at the base. We have a, a concrete uh, foot at the bottom of the masonry we have the additional height of the uh, ground floor windows. We've added a sunscreen at each of those bay openings and uh, set those uh, windows back further than the floors above. On the typical floor, we've set the windows back the depth of the masonry veneer. And on the top floor, we've uh, recessed the, the header above the window and exaggerated the uh, cornice uh, above uh, that also forms the parapet to the uh, amenity space at the roof. In section, you can see the amount of relief that was uh, employed in the design with the ground floor glazing being set back about eight inches, the second floor and third floor windows being set back about four inches from the face of the masonry. And then the header at the top of um, the third floor uh, window being set back from the majority of the masonry face. Also, then we included some additional details that show how those things will be articulated, uh, including the seal, which would be more pronounced than the than the brick that it's on top of. <clears throat> and it's, I think it's worth pointing out that superior architectural and human scales not limited to the exterior cladding and massing. Interior spaces in the design incorporate a superior architectural and human scale elements throughout the residential common areas. These spaces enrich the experience of the residents and the height needed to make these spaces exceptional is not feasible without the height exception. Also worth mentioning uh, that superior architectural and human scale elements should include sustainable building practices and this project has targeted and is on track for LEED Platinum certification, which is the highest rating for LEED program. And in addition to that, a, a big portion of that LEED classification is the uh, restoration of the creeks and uh, wetland setbacks. Topic four was the landscaping. The board asked for more specific information concerning placement of species, the type of species being utilized, uh, 
more detail on the hardscape and uh, site furnishings, which I'll get to in, in after this next slide. This next slide, um, the board had asked about the fencing, its location and type, and we have three uh, different types of fencing on the project, as well as uh, a screen for the generator on the northwest corner of the site. The first fencing is a, a fairly low split rail, two rail fence, similar to the fence that exists at the edge of the park. And that is uh, this yellow dash line that surrounds the critical area out to the street and along our uh, north edge of our development area. The red line on the west is the six foot privacy fence. So that goes all along the west boundary and halfway across the south boundary. <clears throat> the reason we're doing it only part way across the south boundary was twofold. It, helps screen the surface parking that we have on the other side of um, the driveway, as well as helps to provide some screening and privacy to the dog park that's in that corner of the park. The rest of the south boundary is uh, a three foot high wood fence. We're also utilizing that same type of fence as a privacy screen along 97th in front of the uh, outdoor private areas of the ground floor units. Also, we're uh, talking with the city about doing uh, a gate connection between our um, entry and, and entry into the park. So the next two sheets show the selection of vegetation that we're proposing, both the trees, the ground cover, uh, seasonal plantings, and shrubs that will uh, adorn the newly developed area. Second sheet just shows the amount of seasonal color and drought tolerant and shade tolerant plantings that will be placed throughout the project. The board had asked about the hardscape palette. So the top row shows the ground level uh, paving patterns. We have <clears throat> two types of finishes on the uh, cast in place concrete. The third image is the pervious pavers that we have on our walkway and on the surface parking areas. The fourth is the porcelain pavers that are on the north edge of our private dining area on the north side of the building. And then the wood chip pathway is what would be allowed to, to be used as the pathway through the uh, critical area. And then finally, uh, a walk-off grate at our front door. The second row of material is what's happening on the roof in our amenity area. We have two types of concrete pedestal pavers. We have wood deck pedestal pavers, and then we have gravel and cobblestones that act as a border between the usable areas and the parapet. There's also a pretty rich palette of site furnishings that include birdhouses, bat rockets, nurse logs, and bird dishes as well as a really handsome collection of furnishings, uh, fire tables, raised vegetable uh, gardens that'll be used by the, the residents and a variety of seating and uh, potted planting up on that uh, rooftop amenity. <clears throat> Fifth topic was uh, the board had asked us to explore better integrating 
the rooftop amenities into the architectural language. So we took that pretty seriously. And um, what we've done is uh, the community room has been relocated to better integrate into the building facade and massing. It was moved south and centered on the main brick bay to vertically associate it with the building uh, amenity spaces. In addition, the articulation of the stair and elevator towers has been broken down at the roof level and textural siding added to those elements to serve as a major vertical modulation on the north and inner west facades. This sketch looking from the park, I think uh, helps you to understand the way that the rooftop amenity has been integrated into the vocabulary of the of the building by being centered on the on the uh, brick massing and also will act as a lantern you know it's predominantly glass on three sides to uh, make it as open and as light as possible with a pretty generous overhang for weather protection <laughs> the board had also asked about lighting and specifically uh, cut sheets on the light fixtures that are being proposed. And we've submitted that along with where they'll be located. And if there are any additional questions about that, we're happy to, to answer those. Seventh topic was the board had asked us to compare the amount of impervious area in the original project versus what we're proposing. Uh, to start with, we've removed all of the impervious area from the critical area and uh, done a revegetation of that to the state standards for uh, rehabilitating uh, these types of areas. We've added about 10% of impervious area versus what was there originally, but it's all been concentrated <clears throat> into the development portion of the site on the south. Even though there's a 10% increase, we're still well below what's allowable. That's 80% uh, coverage is allowable and we're approximately 40% with what's being proposed. There was also interest in us activating the street on 97th. And so we've reintroduced uh, this public viewing area into the creek and the uh, wetland. Uh, and that'll be quite an interesting addition. There'll be additional seating. There'll be informational signage, interpretive signage, and a seating area. Also along 97th, <clears throat> there was an interest in providing additional seating along the walkway. And I think in answer to the question that was raised, we have uh, provided the required eight foot of additional paving outside the uh, parking uh, along the street and with uh, tree wells that will uh, have the trees that are being represented here. This section also shows <clears throat> the relationship of the street to uh, the private areas on the first floor. So we've given the additional setback of we have a 20 foot setback from the property line and we've uh, gracefully transitioned the grade up to the street and also introduced this short privacy fence uh, in the middle of that landscaped area. 
And finally, um, there was a question about why we couldn't have uh, direct access to those units from 97th. Well, the site has about nine feet of fall from east to west. And the way that the city looks at average grade calculation, that the average grade ends up being about three or four feet below uh, the street grade. And that's the grade that we want to use so we can totally utilize the additional height. But that also puts um, that first floor slightly below street grade. But as you can see in the section, <clears throat> that also helps in terms of perceived scale uh, from 97th because our building uh, is noticeably less uh, tall than the townhouses across the street, especially with the addition of the uh, gable roofs on top of that. Also, the first floor of the townhouses is about three feet above sidewalk grade. So, in conclusion, uh, I think it's good to just see the progression and the design advancement. I think the design team has worked really hard since our last meeting and has really gotten excited about the changes that we've implemented and appreciate the comments that came out of the last hearing. And the best way to uh, appreciate the change is to look at the side-by-side -side comparison. So the top is what was pre presented at the last hearing versus uh, what we've proposed in the design advancement for uh, this, in this case, along 97th. The next slide <clears throat> shows what was uh, proposed previously looking from the Northeast across the, the back of the building, the North side of the building and seeing how that's evolved and really like this color palette, really like the uh, clear distinction of elements, the stair towers, the introduction of the smaller uh, bay elements, I think all contribute to a really interesting uh, facade treatment. Uh, the next is looking at the building from the park as it was previously and what is being proposed. You can see the, the integration of the amenity space into the architectural language, the way the use of color and texture and the imposition of two-story elements have really pushed back the scale of, of uh, the building along the side and along the north. <clears throat> and then even though this building faces into the wetland and, and a fairly uh, heavily uh, vegetated area, we look at this as a four-sided building. We've paid the same amount of attention and care to this elevation as we have on all other sides of the building, as you can see in this last slide. So, uh, just wanna thank board for giving us the opportunity to present this project. We feel that it can be a very successful uh, project in this unique and varied uh, neighborhood. And we hope that you will uh, see it to move this building forward. Uh, and uh, if I did not um, adequately answer any of the uh, topics. We have the whole design board here with us to answer any questions. And with that, I thank you and look forward to your comments and questions.
Perfect. Thank you very much, Jim. Uh, I like the presentation. Um, now it's going to be time for the board to make any questions to the applicant regarding the this project. Um, board members uh, who would like to start? Fatima, would you like to be, uh, go first? I'm, I'm uh, still figuring it out. Good. Okay. <laughs> I'll get back to you. Uh, Supriya? Um, my question was, I didn't get a chance to go and look at the physical material board. So, but there was a um, comment in the notes here about two options for the wood. Is that what is it like stained? What is the finish for the wood that's changed? I see there's a darker option and there's a lighter option. Sorry, I was muted. Um, it is a transparent stain. So we have the option of uh, either doing a, a lighter bleached stain or doing the uh, preferred option, which is kind of a middle value uh, on that wood material. The yeah. photographs of the of the color board rarely are accurate. <laughs> I think a better representation is to look at the renderings. I think that's a, a, a better, more accurate representation of color than the photograph that we have in here of the material boards. All right, thank you. All right, thank you very much, Supriya. Randall? Sure. Uh, thank you very much for the presentation. Uh, I, I really have no questions. I would just like to say that excellent presentation and like an excellent adaptation of, I feel our comments are coming in and how you've, how you've modified the building and you've done it in some very simple ways that it really is a very striking problem. So uh, I have really no additional questions. Thank you. Thank you very much, Randall. Uh, I can go next. Uh, so um, Jim, come on, uh, a couple of questions for, for you. I, I think that we can start with uh, um, the report mentioned, and uh, I, I believe this is in the pedestrian section number two. Um, it mentions that, and let me just pull it up real quick. Uh, it mentions art, installa art installations to attract wildlife uh, and also the use of signage. Uh, I was curious to uh, see what those art installations are. You're muted, Jim. It's muting me. I didn't turn it off. Anyway, um, the bird boxes and uh, bat rockets, I think, are whimsical in a way. And I think we consider those to be art as well as uh, some of the other landscape elements that we're uh, proposing, uh, like these bird dishes, the little library. I think those all add to the personality and uh, creativity 
that will be part of the landscape. And those, um, <clears throat> you say that those are the bird, um, the bird houses, right? So, yes. um, could you indicate on the side plan where those are to be located? Well, they're right around that <clears throat> observation area, but they also exist uh, throughout the uh, the wetland restoration. I think it they show it's a little hard to see on this plan because it's a, such a small scale, but they're sort of peppered throughout that landscape. Okay. So let's go back to the our um, observation area. How many of those are you gonna are you proposing? Uh, what are the dimensions? What are the materials? My, uh, what are the heights? Are you working with the local, or is that gonna be a product that is gonna be installed? You know, Jerry, I think you'd be better to uh, respond to that one. So, Carlos, we've done a number of these before. Usually, the post is a, a cedar post uh, with a concrete base. And then the birdhouses themselves uh, are readily available. It's not like a special product they have to make, but they're also made out of cedar. And then depending on the size of the hole, depends on the, the birds we attract. Uh, and then just of note, uh, behind these, you can see there's a, a whiteboard that sticks up. And usually what we do is we have some signage that explains which plants are attracting those birds to create this habitat, and then the birds themselves, a little a description of, of the ones that are coming to this, this area with the wetland. Okay, and uh, could you confirm if the nine bird houses that are gonna be installed at that area are correct? Is that gonna be the number that you're gonna be installing there or proposing the, to install them? Yeah, that's the intent at this point. Okay. So, so um, the answer is yes. Okay, and the bird houses, what are the materials of those for the actual house? I see that it has kind of like some sort of gable roof, but just wanted to. They're, they're, they're also usually a, a cedar uh, that weathers. You can see in this image, they tend to kind of weather and look nice. That mm -hmm. post is just a, a, a two by two that is um, painted. And then the, to the right is what the bat rockets look like. So they come up through the base of the rocket and go up into it. And the reason we, there's a number of reasons we like to uh, attract bats, but they also, um, in wetland areas like this, they uh, help take care of the mosquito population. Um, so so it's, it's kind of a good thing, but we have those kind of away from people. They're not um, at this lookout point. Okay, all right. So there are gonna be, I guess, that nine uh, installations for the bird house located at that uh, at that area. Now for the uh, site amenities, I saw there are some benches um, at the overlook seating. Uh, could you elaborate more on the dimensions of those, the materials, how many are gonna be provided? I think Jim's pulling up an image right now. Um, we can take a look and you can see the materials on it. It's a black steel on the sides and which kind of works with the building up to the right there. And then uh, we've used a variety of materials in the past, uh, um, sometimes cedar, sometimes an ipe wood. There's a, a product we like to use that's a, a really compacted, condensed um, material that's been recycled. Um, that looks like wood, but it's, it's very tough and it's a recycled material. So it fits into the, the building and it's uh, 
being a sustainable uh, project. And this is also on the street as you go down 97th, there's several of these benches. Okay, so it's the same design that you are presenting on that slide, right? That's right, yeah. Okay, and uh, if you go to, again, to page number 37, the packet, at least the one that we received, um, that overlook area has two rectangles on each side of the path. Uh, where are those two white rectangles? One north, yeah, those. That's a, a concrete uh, structure that, that can also be used for sitting on, but you could entry through, the, through those walls and come into the product. And then a sinus board is up near the street. So from the sidewalk, you can see that as you come through. Okay. And uh, I guess that this is a question for you and also for the city. If the final design for this area is going to be reviewed by the DRB or if that's only going to fall under uh, the uh, city's uh, final approval, kind of like an administrative approval. I don't know if you have any information about that. I don't. Jennifer or John, do you do you know how this process is typically done for for these areas that are outside the property line? Yeah, I think um, city staff's going to review it, so it's going to have to be approved by Public Works to some degree. And then, of course, for planning, we would review per this. You know, if this gets approved, we we would uh, review per this plan. Um, And for the final finishes, uh, are there any requirements? For instance, the, the paving, I don't see any indications of what type of paving material is intended or proposed here. So just wondering. Yeah, I think it, we would have to clarify that type of thing, but typically it, I would assume maybe it would follow whatever the material is for the sidewalk, but if it's some other material, um, so let's say, you know, at, at the end of this meeting, it's determined it's going to be some sort of a paver. Then we want to just make sure that public works is okay with that and, you know, the maintenance, that kind of thing. So, is that part of the DRB's approval? Are you asking if the board has authority on the design uh, of this space? I'm, or I'm asking if the board uh, needs to provide approval on the design of the space. I would, I'll defer that to the board. Um, I think in concept, I think because it's part of the, um, we'll call it just the landscape plan in a sense, and the amenity mm -hmm. space for pedestrians. So I think the board can approve it in concept. And if they're okay, if you're okay with um, staff handling the details, that's fine as well. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, uh, concept approval uh, that the board can have based on kind of like what the applicant is presenting tonight, but you'll take care of these during um, the next round of reviews that follow this uh, yeah. procedure, right? Probably like as part of the grading <laughs> permit is where okay. we would review it. Yeah. I mean, kind of think of it like a, a plaza design Yeah, where, where the board would approve it and then staff would make sure it's consistent. Okay, yeah. so a question for the applicant, what type of uh, pavement or, <clears throat> sorry, what type of uh, finish are, is being proposed for for this area? 
for the floor? For this area, we thought it'd just be concrete so it could match the sidewalk and be a durable surface there. Okay. And we'd finish it with nice score joints, not, you know, maybe it differs a little bit from the sidewalk in terms of the score joining, but just to give it a different feeling at where the bench is sitting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Regarding the fans, uh, I don't know if you guys could go to that um, slide uh, where it's showing the extent of the fans. Um, Sorry. One thing I wanted to note as well, the we the yeah. design team spent a while um, talking about the benches and the design that was selected really kind of echoes what was designed at the one Juanita Beach Park. So we really wanted to kind of tie that tie that together. Just something to layer in. Okay, thank you. All right. Uh, so regarding the design of the fence, if you can zoom into the overlook, um, is there's been something being proposed for that area in a specific. I know that it's continuous, so it gives the perceived idea that uh, that is going to be fenced or gated or have a gate. But additional to that, is there going to be some sort of physical barrier that is going to impede people that have access to that plaza to go beyond that point? Uh, that's a really good uh, question, Carlos. Uh, our intent was that you'd be able to, there, there wouldn't be a gate per se. The posts yeah. would stop on either side of the entry and you'd be, you'd be able to walk straight out to it. But I think it's worth considering um, jogging it out uh, over to the property line, but a little further in and then around that space uh, just for separation. So people just don't wander out into a, uh, a wetland is or a stream area. The slope is pretty even at that point, but as you go further up, the slope starts to drop off. So it, it might be a good uh, a good idea to bring that around. Yeah, I just want to make sure that uh, I mean, um, this doesn't give the idea that pedestrians can continue walking and connect to the um, trail that is provided there. So if there's any sort of barrier, I guess that the board would be fine with something that um, doesn't prevent uh, the views or doesn't block the views, but mm -hmm. it limits the, the space. Yeah, that's um, what I was going to say. There's actually, sorry to jump in, um, there's also split rail fencing requirements uh, for the protected wetland. So there will be, um, there's a standard split rail fencing that will kind of block off so that people aren't kind of just like what you were saying, Carlos, kind of wandering mm -hmm. freely in that area. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I think you point out the, the, the positive thing about this also is that it doesn't prevent views. It, it still has open views in, which is nice. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, so uh, I guess if you can stay in that plan view, if you keep walking south to the intersection of 97th and 120th, uh, can you zoom me in there? Uh, I'm looking just at um, a photo or a street photo, and there are a few mature trees that are outside the property line. Uh, these, I presume, that are higher than the buildings that are across the street. Uh, and uh, the, the layout of the landscape, 
with the current trees that are outside, kind of like next to the uh, street, are different from what it's there currently. So has been has the applicant had any conversations with the city about removing those mature trees, or what's the what's going to be the, the the final decision on that? Uh, we're working through that process right now. Uh, we've had a round of comments and have replied to those and are waiting back for additional comments uh, as we move through that process. And what's, the, uh, what is, what's being proposed there? Is it to remove the current trees? It is, yeah. Where, where we have um, uh, the root structures on them, the critical root zone uh, is impacted. Uh, by some of the additional sidewalk uh, things that are being done uh, and, and, the, and the building itself. Is there um, um, a specific radius that you ha need to have around those? Or do you really need concrete um, for the sidewalk? I've seen some other uh, parts of the city of Kirkland where, where the roots are, I guess, that invading that uh, sidewalk and they have used different materials to prevent the sidewalk from cracking with some more flexible um, materials. Well, Is it really necessary to remove them? Uh, yeah, and, and we've uh, been in discussions with the arborist to uh, review that. Uh, and uh, we're putting in, I think, I'd have to look at the exact numbers, but uh, well, well over what's uh, required for street or for total trees in the in the on the project site. Um, so we're putting in uh, 204 uh, trees uh, versus um, a removal of 86 trees. Uh, so it's it's a significant amount of of trees that'll go in uh, throughout the site, not just on on the uh, the protected area. So along 97, could you please indicate uh, the species of trees and the age uh, of the ones that are going to be proposed along um, basically 97, kind of like facing the other buildings? Yeah, you know, initially we had looked at a, a sweet gum tree along that area, uh, but in um, in looking at it uh, closer, so the sweet gum is the middle one there. Um, I think. On the other side of the street are filbert trees. Uh, so, so in looking a little closer, we might want to match that, but we thought we'd work through that with the city. Um, and I just noted that earlier today, the, the filbert tree, which is which I believe is on the on the the other side of the street. There's a number of uh, filberts lining that whole street. Uh, Size-wise, typically, uh, it's about a, a I believe a two-inch uh, caliper is required. Filberts are, are pretty quick growers. The height of those would probably be, I'm kind of guessing, eight to 10 feet, I think, tall. But again, I'm guessing that depends on availability and what what is uh, what the nurseries have at the time. So, um, and you, could you just let me know if the current trees are evergreens or if they are deciduous? They're deciduous. Okay. Um, and you're proposing to... Um, replace them with deciduous trees as well? That's correct. Okay. <clears throat> now, uh, regarding this, the, um, the sidewalk, if the trees are going to be removed, the sidewalk will need to be new along 97th, correct? 
That's correct. And what type of uh, pavers are you proposing there? Uh, it, it would be per the city standards with a, a concrete sidewalk. Okay. Uh, are there going to be any requirements for easements if the eight foot wide sidewalk needs to be uh, provided? I, I, I'm not, Jim, are you aware of? Yeah, there's, there's a three foot easement that is on that 97th um, frontage. And that allows for the parking that's been requested from Public Works, and also that sidewalk width, as well as the benches that were and the benches as well. So that all okay on the easement area. <clears throat> and what type of lighting uh, is going to be proposed for 97th Street? Zero uh, lighting. How do you want to address that one? Actually, that's that'll be per the city standards as well. It's with it's with the public works. I think he's talking about building lighting. Oh, right? building lighting. Oh, oh, well, actually, um, I was just curious about first the the sidewalk and then uh, the building. Uh, but for the, then the street lighting, uh, it's all going to be then per city standards. Correct. Yeah. And I'm guessing that the spacing of the light poles is going to be per the city standards. Correct. Okay. In terms of amenities, uh, in addition to the benches, is it being proposed something else, trash cans? I don't know if any other sort of landscaping. There'll be landscape. There'll be landscape along that whole side, predominantly native plants uh, to fit in with the sustainability goals of the project. Uh, and so native and drought tolerant. Okay. Um, okay, so we talked about seating. Now for the additional height, I, I know that the, the, the current is 26A average building elevation and you're requesting a 13 additional through design techniques meant to minimize the mass and the scale of the building uh for the landscaping uh is that being considered as well or is it only architectural features the ones that you guys are proposing as techniques uh, i'm, I'm sorry I, I didn't quite catch the question there sorry uh so i was just wondering if the only techniques that the applicant is proposing to achieve or uh, get get approval on the 13 Feet additional height um, are um, proposed through only architectural features and not from any landscape strategy. Well, I think the landscape uh, has included um, enhancement with more seating along the street. Uh, the lookout area has been included now, which has uh, the birdhouses and again, additional seating with a view area and, and signage to it. Um, and uh, that is in hand with the architectural elements that have been revised. Okay, and, and the reason is because uh, the current trees are seem to be or appear to be taller than the buildings in front of uh, of them, kind of like on the other side of the street. 
which is kind of like reducing the scale because there's something bigger. I'm just curious that if by removing the trees that are fairly big, that's going to not help support the idea of reducing uh, the perceived mass of the building. Well, I think Jim had a, a good point about the the drop in grade. So that side of the building uh, drops down uh, adjacent to the sidewalk, which reduces the massing. And the street trees themselves will be will grow in to be the same size as the ones across the street, which I want to say are, are about, I don't know, 30, 30 feet or so, uh, 35, somewhere in there. Okay. We've also incorporated some planters along the south facade um, to provide additional screening, and it provides kind of a concrete base um, condition to the, to the massing, especially in the, yeah, the pedestrian uh, or amenity areas. Is there a plan that identifies those planters and their location? Are you referring to the planters at the, the building or at the um, at the south uh, property line? I'm referring to the ones that are at the building. Um, the ones that are at the building. Um, I mean, we can zoom in here. And then Carlos on E page 33, there's a like of a kind of a cross section drawing that shows it. Yeah, it's this one. Yeah. Planters there and then across the, the entryway, uh, there's a, a native uh, evergreen tree uh, that will be put in called a shore pine. Um, and per, per code, we need to have evergreen trees along a portion of that property line. Okay. And the setback, okay. the, 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 the generous setbacks that occur along the south and along 97th also provide the, the space to incorporate all the landscape that Jerry's discussed. right and I think yeah. you know if you look at that additional setback that we have along 97th and the way we've sculpted that grade change to include seating a privacy fence and the additional landscaping between uh, the patio and the sidewalk I think that does a lot to minimize <clears throat> the scale along that elevation yeah, I was going to mention that, Carlos. There's a kind of, if you look there, you can see there's the street trees, but then there's a whole other level of trees adjacent to that that help to kind of soften that whole appearance. Okay. Um, I think that those are all my comments or my questions. Thank you very much. And I guess that I'll just um, ask Fatima, do you have any questions? I went through my notes. I, I don't have any questions, but I just wanted to say it was a very, very good uh, presentation, very well explained, and I love the use of the different materials. Thank Perfect. you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, uh, let's continue. Now, I uh, will give time for anyone in the audience to make any questions or comments on this project specifically. Uh, staff, city staff, do we have one in the least? Yeah, so there are five attendees in the audience. Uh, if anyone would like at this point to make public comment on this project, now's the time. Uh, please use the raised hand feature. Uh, if called upon, uh, please state your full name and email address and spell out your email address. 
Let's give it a second here, Carlos. Um. Yeah, it doesn't look like anyone is raising their hands, so I'll turn it back over to you. Perfect. All right. Uh, let's, uh, there being none, uh, let's, uh, it's it's going to be uh, time for the board, for the board to deliberate. Um, so let's just go ahead and jump into the deliberation. If anyone would like to start, that'd be great. If not, I'll pick someone <laughs> from my list. Uh, so uh, board members who like to start. Oh, I'm going to jump in here real quick. Could we have them bring back the slide that outlined what the, I think, eight or nine issues were? That Yeah, that slide right there. Uh, thank you. Uh, I I guess I'll, I'll I'll start, and I'm you know as you look at as you look at the design, and and I know that we've struggled with what is superior design, uh, and you look at how the code is or the various parts of the code stipulate you know distance between vertical uh, elements and depths of different things and that type of thing. Well, as you take this particular project in context with the rest of Juanita, uh, the Juanita development, uh, and that it, I really feel that this set of set of documents, this design, does represent that superior aspect because when you start looking at the the way the finished materials are used on it, and then as you look at the articulation of the building, there's you know, not just not just the matter where they've articulated the brick and offset it over the heads of some of the window uh, type things, this type of thing, but the way that they've brought the uh, roof line over the top of the balconies on the third floor and dropped the parapet behind it, where uh, or perception of that from the ground level, you you lose that, and so you really. You don't get a straight parapet line. You get a, a very articulated uh, situation. And then even on the vertical uh, type elements, there's a rhythm to it that is 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 actually very nice. Uh, it isn't all too often the facilities that we see, there's a rhythm and it's just the same thing. And you go another 40 feet and it's the same thing and then it's the same thing it's the same thing and and this one they have done a very good job to break it up into a variety of different things but it just doesn't it doesn't have that continual kind of drumbeat of a rhythm it's broken up enough to where it's very interesting to really look at i mean the way that they integrated the roof amenities uh, and that over the uh, over that one mass on the south side, and then on the east side, you know, changing the color palette, reversing just kind of positive negative type elements there as far as the east side and the south side, and using more of the darker color on the south where it's going to get more sun, and, and that and then on the east side, you know, lighting it up, and, uh, and that it I. And in relationship to the buildings in across the street, it, it really does fit very nice. And I 
you know, as you go through the landscaping, the landscape plan, the viewing area with the birdhouses and the bat rockets or whatever they're called, uh, I think I think the amenities of what they're doing here are extremely well thought out. And it, it's obvious they've been through this before uh, and putting this together. And so I, you know, I just think it's, I, I really do like the design because it does articulate and modulate the way that we would like to have, I would like to see more projects do, but in uh, that. And so, you know, as far as the deck and the railing detail, there's a lot of attention to detail on this particular project. So I think, you know, as far as a senior housing uh, facility, it's it's extremely nice. I really like it. It's, uh, it's, you know, and when we talk superior design, I feel the design of this facility is a step above, very much a step above of the project across the street. So, Randall, uh, quick question. So, um, regarding the scale, since that you are, um, in favor of it, uh, do you uh, approve, well, would you be okay by approving or feel in favor of approving the additional um, building yeah, height request of 13 yeah, feet? Absolutely. They, okay. When you when you fit with inside the code and you look at the box that we give them to start with, there's not, I hate to say it, there's, there's not a lot. At, I, I mean, to really go wild and do something extremely creative in that, we don't, we tend not to allow that because of the way the code is. Uh, and that, but as you go through and you look at it and say, okay, they're, they're meeting the basic code to begin with. And then they step in and, and move towards what we would call the superior design, which is really the offsets. And the setbacks and, and a variety of different things on the building facade. And they do, they do a very good job of it. And just the attention to detail as to the cornice, uh, and the parapet top, the, you know, the railings at the, at the decks, the, you know, just the material usage. And, and I, I like the material boards. I, I think they from, previous time to this time they've greatly improved that and enhanced it and have done an excellent job of that and so i think i think it's an excellent project so yes i would be in full support of the additional height and regarding uh pedestrian activation i heard that uh, you also have a positive feedback on that but i didn't hear anything about rooftop amenities being properly designed do you believe uh, that what the applicant presented is uh, the, proper? The, the rooftop amenities align with the rest of the vertical faces of the of the project as to what you're going to see. And as you get out onto the street and look across the park, the 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 main kind of meeting room or club room on the on the roof and that ties in very well with the rest of the project. So I'm you know, I I think that they have they have done a, an excellent job of handling that. Okay. Is there anything else you want to add or? Uh, no, I think yeah, I think I've pretty much said it. I I 
Yeah, I I struggled at the very beginning as to what would be superior design, especially given the box or the parameters that the code really dictates and brings in. And I think they have been job of grasping, you know, the code minimum, but then enhancing from that point and really working the design to work extremely well. And so I, no, I have no other comments other than to say, you know, we need to approve it. Perfect. Thank you very much. Guess that I'll, uh, next would be Fatima. Um, I would have to agree with all that Randall said. Uh, they've done a tremendous job uh, with the project uh, from what we saw last time. Um, the material selection, this time the colors they have uh, chosen, they, they look really good. The vertical, horizontal modulation, the design, all the, the breakages in the design, it really it, it has really come together and it will be a very good project that, which is located in Juanita Bay. So yes, and Rackler and I was also wondering what a superior design will look like, uh, but they explained in their presentation with such details and I can see hey, they've yeah, put a lot of work into it. So yes, I, I, I like the project and I think we should go ahead with it. Yeah. Okay. Thank Do you, you have any comments regarding uh, street activation, or do you think that the um, applicant uh, has done a good job addressing that? I think that? they have done a good job. It's something different, which I haven't seen around. So it will be good to see uh, what they've proposed. It, it's it's something different. And yes, I, I think they've, yeah, they've put their thought into it. I think they've done a good job. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for your feedback, Fatima. Thank you. Thank you. Supriya? Um, you know, I, I looked at all the nine points here and I think they, they, the design team has done a really good job addressing each of those nine elements that were brought up, you know, um, especially on the south side with the facade treatments and pushing the top floor back, uh, it really reduces the scale of that facade, which is the longest facade, uh, especially if you see it from the park um, so they, I thought they really did a good job with making those small changes, adding materials and giving that whole, uh, facade warmth, uh, to fit in and reducing scale. So, um, for the question about, you know, increase in height, uh, I agree. I agree that they've done, uh, provided a, a superior, um, architectural product for them to, uh, you know, for us to approve uh, the height increase. Um, and of course the landscaping and uh, screening details um, that we got to see are, are definitely uh, a lot more than what we did last time. Um, you know, I think the lead uh, platinum, I think should also be considered uh, when we talk about superior architectural um, design because it's going to enhance the experience for the people who are going to be living there for long term. So I think that's that's part of it. Um, with regards to street activation, I think they, you know, there's that balance between reducing scale along 97th and 
also providing that street activation. And I think they uh, they had a good balance there, uh, especially with the grades that they had to work with. So um, I I would I'm ready to approve it. I think the team did a very good job taking our comments and really coming up with a richer uh, design. Perfect. Thank you very much. Um, I think I'll be next. Uh, um, regarding scale, I believe that um, the building, especially on 97th Street, uh, the, the, the applicant took a second look. I like that uh, they reduced the scale of some of the volumes, which uh, it brings it uh, to a more human scale. So I think that that was a good strategy that they used. Also, uh, really looking at the materials, um, definitely um, the materials that were presented tonight are perceived to have a more human scale, just with the different tones, the contrast. So I really like it. Uh, pedestrian um, and street activation. I, I like the overlook um, um, area that was added. I wish, and this is something that I would uh, like to ask the city is to follow up on that design and make sure that that's successful, especially for this uh, part of the city. And uh, just being having um, uh, wetland there, uh, I think that it's something that needs to be featured and not uh, covered with uh, fences. Um, but uh, what the applicant uh, presented is is good, and uh, I don't I don't have any objections about that. Um, the only thing that um, I would like to bring up, and this doesn't have anything to do with my decision, is that I don't like the fact that uh, some of the trees that are mature on 97th Street are gonna be uh, replaced uh, if something uh, creates the character of um, Juanita is that there are a lot of trees and I believe that uh, it's a mistake to remove trees that appear to be health, healthy for some others that are gonna look similar to what you have across the street. So I, I like to make sure and state very clearly that I'm against that. Um, that's my opinion and uh, that is not gonna um have any any um any impact on my decision tonight but i would like uh, the city to um take a look at that and uh do a very thoughtful review of what's going to be proposed versus what's going to be there and if there's an added value or if that's just checking box um other than that i um i think i'm in favor of approving uh the project with the uh, additional height of 13 feet that the applicant has proposed or has requested. Um, that being said, I think that there's a consensus uh, to uh, approve the, the, the project. And uh, I believe that John, correct me if I'm wrong, but someone needs to make a motion to start approval for tonight. Correct. There will be there'll need to be a motion and um second and then there will be a roll call vote. All right. All right. So uh with that being said, anyone would like to make a motion? All right. I make a motion that we uh, approve the 
approve the project as presented and approve the additional uh, high footage onto the project at the third floor and 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 just instruct the staff that you know the detailing and that remains the same and moves forward. Thank you, Randall. And anyone would like to second that? I hey, second the motion. Actually, Carlos, okay. before you second, can we just yeah. get one point of clarification in the motion? Um, there were two color options that were proposed. Can we just clarify the, the color palette that is being approved, please? Yeah, I think um, the preferred is the one that the board um, likes. So uh, I guess that I'll like to have consensus of everyone here with the board. Fatima, do you um, like the pre uh, approve the preferred? Are referring to approving the preferred option that the applicant yes. provided? Okay, yes. Randall? Yes. Yes. Um, Add that to the motion. Yeah. The Supriya? preferred option. Yes, that's the one with the darker wood. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm also referring to that. So, okay. Um, motion has been uh, made, uh, John, with the preferred option that the applicant provided uh, tonight, which is the darker uh, wood. Perfect, thank you. And I believe that Supriya second that, so moved and second. I think I will go to roll call. Randall Brand. Yes. Carlos Castaneda. Yes. Fatima Shohan. Yes. And Supriya Kilkar. Yes. Thanks. Okay, motion carries. Uh, project uh, has been approved. Um, thank you to the applicant. Um, we look forward to the success of this uh, project and uh, also to uh, commending them to keep uh, keeping an eye on these green strategies that are going to beneficiate the community. So thank you very much uh, for presenting tonight. Uh, thank you all for your comments. All right, uh, let's continue. So. Um, uh, let's go to administrative reports and DRB discussion. Um, John or um, Jennifer, is there anything in the list that you would like to? Yeah, uh, I have two items. One is, you know, I, you've probably noticed we moved to a different kind of um, system or format with the agendas and staff reports. Uh, we're now utilizing the one meeting platform. Um, and I think we're close to rolling out to um, like the city council and so forth. And as part of that, um, one thing I wanted to mention, uh, I know Prince and I have been talking about this and, you know, it's the kind of the need for like, do we need the paper packets anymore? And one thought is, you know, we're, hey, giving the each DRB board member uh, uh, providing a city laptop to help with that kind of move towards just fully electronic digital um, approach. Um, so that's kind of what we're thinking. Um, maybe if board has any concerns or questions about that, feel free to let me or Prince know. Um, so that's one item. And then the second is I'm actually meeting with the city clerk later this week to talk about the Open Public Meetings Act and what we need to do to comply with that and be consistent with it. And so what that's going to entail is probably some form of a hybrid meeting approach where 
hey, we may be going back to, you know, meeting in at City Hall as part of these meetings and providing um, uh, uh, like a hybrid approach to those that either want to come into the, to the meetings for the, you know, people from the public and or um, still being allow them to uh, to watch the meetings from home. Uh, so there'll be more, I think, well, maybe at the next meeting, if I get enough information, be able to have more of a discussion with the board about how that can work. Uh, but I just definitely wanted to let you all kind of be aware that, yep, I think it might, it's probably going to be coming. And uh, yeah. Any comments or questions on that? Uh, I think I have just one comment uh, on your first item regarding counts like the mm -hmm. um, basically changing the system from hard copies to digital or mm -hmm. providing laptops. I believe that, uh, and I don't know what other fellow board members uh, think, but it might be just simpler to send USBs that we can return to the city to um, just get the packages there digitally. I know that uh, the, the plan of providing computers might seem uh, easier, but at the same time, uh, I believe it's going to be um, tough. We already have a computer. I don't know if there are any limitations with that, but it would make more sense for me like, or for any of the DRB members to have two or three um, um, USB drives that we can return to the city, drop off at the mail or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, just to not generate more e-waste. <laughs> I don't know if that, I mean, that would be easier for me if I just get a, a USB rather than a, a very a big package of, of hard copies. And that USB can be, I guess, that reused several times. Right. Um, I wouldn't oppose to that. And uh, for the second, uh, it's about going back to in-person, right? Correct. I think that uh, I personally have a preference to do it uh, online because uh, I have some other uh, things with work that make it just more easy. Um, mm -hmm. But if it needs to be in person, I guess that it needs to be in person. So my preference is being, being remote, but still, if the city wants to pursue something else, I guess that we'll need to adhere to that. I don't know what other board members have to say about it. Supriya, I know that you, I see that you're unmuted. Well, for me, uh, for the first item, if there is a way I can download the whole package so it's not too big a file, I don't need a laptop or a USB drive because I don't want to insert something that has a virus or something in my computer. I would mm -hmm. rather just download, but then I can make my own notes so that it's... I can put comments on it or do stuff on it. So it's like a PDF that I can download and just keep it. And right. hopefully it's not too big a file that I can download it. So yeah. maybe you can condense it. So uh, maybe like a um, online hosting site where you can just download a large packet. Yeah. 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 Something that I can access and then I don't, you know, I can hmm. delete it after I'm done or. Okay. I don't need to, I don't need another laptop, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and then for the hybrid, uh, I'm not opposed to it. It'll just depend on which ones I can attend. Uh, it's obviously easier for me to attend from home, but mm -hmm. um, 
there there's a possibility that I could uh, do it either way, uh, depending on which you know what's going on that week. Thank you, Supriya. Randall, I would as far as, as far as whether electronic or paper, I would prefer to stay electronic or do as much electronic. And so, if there is a box file or something of sort that you can. We can grab things or download. I, you know, most of the things I download off of what what were presented and and in the, you know, in the agenda. There's generally a, a site where you can click for what you know if you're a citizen or something like that to get it. And so I've never really worried about paper. I noticed that we got paper this time. We haven't for a while, uh, and that yet the paper documents that came this time were really the full presentation. And so I would rather download on something. I don't need another computer. I don't need a USB drive or anything like that. It's just download it because I I sit here with three screens and have the documents up and watch the uh, meeting and sit and scroll through the drawings as we're we're talking about it as I need to. And and I agree, being able to mark up a PDF with your button, you know, my questions and that type of thing help considerably. Uh, and that, you know, as far as, as far as meetings, I, I kind of feel that they need to be hybrid. Mm -hmm. That, uh, yeah, I, I think the in-person has, uh, I really do like the in-person because we miss the body language. We miss the, you know, the interaction there's there's an interplay of all the people in the presentation and the board and this type of thing that's important that we kind of miss here as we're doing it this way but the other aspect is kind of self-serving is is that i've attended a lot of these meetings when i'm in other parts of the country and am able to call in and be be a member be be present and yet i'm you know, I'm in Florida or California or somewhere else and I'm yeah. traveling and uh, traveling for business and this. And so, so I think it's, uh, I, I, if there's a way that you can do it in a hybrid where you're mm -hmm. meeting in person when you're here or if you need to dial in, you can dial in. I'm just not sure how the city would set that up. Yeah. Yeah. There's I, definitely going to be some admin support with that approach. Um, yeah. Prince, do you know how the city council works in terms of their policy for hybrid? Is is like the expectation is in in city council, but unless there's some circumstance where you do need to be remote, and then they could they kind of just go with that, or yeah, I think it is a bit of that, and I think it it changes a little bit with city council compared to other boards and commissions, mm -hmm. um, like planning commission. They're mainly in person, but we offer it at every meeting. We offer it as a hybrid meeting. So we still have Zoom. So mm -hmm. if there's members that are not able to make it in, in person, or like Randall said, if they're somewhere else, they can still Zoom into the meeting. And then some members are in person. And the public, of course, can come in person, or they also can just join on Zoom. So it's pretty um, standard now that that it, you know, we're holding a lot of our meetings hybrid. So we would we would certainly keep that going. Yeah. 
And if I could just comment about the meeting packets as well. Um, so we do have the full meeting packets available on our website. Like we send out the link to everyone. So that is a, a PDF. It is also with this, this new software that we're using, we're trying to experiment to see if we can also post a Word version or an HTML version, um, protected of course, but that folks can have different ways that they can access the meeting packet. So you certainly could just download the PDF and be able to still do your markups. Um, right now it is just hosted on our website. And eventually, if the, the program continues to go as it's going and, and city council potentially gives approval, there will be a way that members could log in with a set profile and be able to open the meeting packet and make markups and annotations and whatnot right directly on the meeting packet or PDF in the system. Mm -hmm. So the benefits of that is that it saves with your profile and that you'd be able to maybe look back at a prior meeting um, packet from two months ago or something and see what, what edits you made or what notes that you had made on the packet. So uh, it, there's some neat features that are available with it that aren't rolled out at this time. They're still reviewing them, still working with the vendor, still seeing what options there are, but potentially it could have several features that would be beneficial. And quick question, Prince, on that um, regarding um, kind of like the digital notes and all that. Is that going to be part of public records if we do it through the um, city's platform? Yeah. And, you know, of course, everything that we do is open to public yeah. disclosure. And so, yes, it would be. And even uh, items that we have now, if we're writing on or, or marking up, it's there is a, a records management piece that we should should really be thinking about. So this would actually make it easier to be able to track documents and whatnot from um, boards and commissions. Understood. Thank you. Well, I think I think also being able to go backwards and go back to previous meetings because I have to go through my download file and everything to find my <laughs> previous meetings and that and if there is some some organizational type deal per project where you can sit there and say, okay, here's where they came in on the first concept meeting and where we're at and you can step backwards and look at where where we were instead of me digging through yeah. my computer. It's my computer's kind of like my desktop. It my desk, my actual hard desk, it's a stack of paper. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that certainly, certainly would be nice. And again, all the features are still being looked at. It's still being um, in discussion with the vendor, still being presented to city council to see which pieces we're able to, to move forward with. But that certainly is a, a great feature that I think would, would really be helpful. But um, at the very minimum, we do have it, uh, the meeting packets and all the attachments, everything available on the website right now. Um, it's it's helpful if you'd like, we could look into getting laptops, but I know a lot of people have a, a work laptop, they have a, a personal laptop, you certainly don't need a third one to carry around, but um, it, it potentially could be available. We're checking on costs and whatnot, but if you... Um, if you are able to, you can start downloading it directly from the web right now. Great. Good. All right. I think as Fatima, um, we were missing your feedback. <laughs> I, I agree with everybody. I can use the USB or the download options. They were better than having the packet uh, delivered. Though I like holding the paper in hand, but uh, I know it's a lot of paper, so both the options yeah a down to download would be a better one and i don't certainly need another computer yeah and so. regarding uh in person versus hybrid or remote 
uh, for I would, attending meetings? I would prefer it to be remote because it's easier and then I can attend most of the meetings. As Randall and everybody says, we're not here, we can still make it. But of course, I also know that uh, meeting in person is a lot different. At some point, I would like to do that also because I've never seen one of those. <laughs> so it will be a different experience. So maybe a hybrid version <laughs> of uh, what the other uh, board members are doing. So maybe something like that would be okay with me also. And I don't know, uh, John, if Mm -hmm. It can be attracted as depending on the complexity of the projects. I know that there are like very um, quick or well, not quick, but very simple projects that do not require a lot of review. But there are some others where the board needs to uh, address a lot of things. So I don't know if that plays a role into deciding or determining which ones need to be in person. Mm -hmm. If if it's calling a lot of public attention versus the ones that right don't have that level of complexity yeah. but anyways that's kind of like our preference i guess that most of us prefer remote because we can make it to the meetings mm -hmm. but still we will adhere to uh, the final decision of the city okay yeah i think a lot of it's going to come down to what we're required to do by the state mm. um but i do think there needs to be some flexibility given the you know the time that we live in now thanks so, <laughs> so i'm sure it, my guess it'll probably be some sort of a hybrid <laughs> hybrid hybrid approach <laughs> okay so we'll see we'll see where that ends up yeah cool all right, all right. So, so that's it for me do you need I, to pull I, for attendance i, I, for have, I have one i have one oh, yeah. more question go ahead Randall. the birds in my background are getting tired of staying in one place <laughs> Oh, yeah. Is there any is there any way that we could get a different background? I mean, we've been using this for like two and a half, three years. I know we should. <laughs> I think I think it's time to update it with something new. I'm sorry. I'm just we've used uh, it long. Yeah, we can. <laughs> I mean, Johnny's the only one that has the marina behind him, so <laughs> yeah, staff usually has this for all the other meetings, the marina park, but then yeah, we'll we'll, we'll find another one for you. Well, there's like there's like Houghton Park and mm -hmm. and you know the different parks and that type of thing that we could possibly do because it just it, we've got some beautiful territory here that we live in and I'm I'm right. sorry the Buildings we're looking at. Yeah. Tired of. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. Next meeting. So we're looking at October second. There's currently nothing on the agenda, um, and I don't think anything will come in between now and then. So probably no meeting on the second. That'll probably be canceled. Then that will be October sixteenth. Would be the meeting after that. Um, so I guess what we'll do is we'll just the typical, we'll just, we'll just call you all a week prior. That's good. Yep. All right. Let's, uh, move to adjournment. Anyone would like to suggest an adjournment? I, I make a motion. We adjourn. Okay. Anyone would like to second that? I second the motion. motion. Move then second. All opposed say yes. Yes. <laughs> Anyone else is saying yes? Oh, sorry. All, all in favor. All, all in, in favor. All <laughs> favor. It's getting late. Sorry. <laughs> all in favor, please say yes. 
Yes. Yes. Yes. All opposed. Okay. Uh, motion carries. We are adjourned. Thank you very much for your time and see everyone uh, on the next meeting. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone.